This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Well, I want to welcome everyone to uh, the latest episode of Marketing Jam. I am so excited because we have here, for the first time ever, Sprout Social. Uh, and some of you may know uh, the agency I work at, Jelly, is a Sprout user. Uh, so just for clarity, we are not, uh, it's not being sponsored or paid for uh, in any way, but I will be slightly biased because we are a Sprout uh, agency of sorts. Uh, but it is a real honor to have you on here, Liz. Without further ado, Liz, uh, let's talk about you. Let's talk about how you got <laughs> where you are working for uh, Sprout Social. How did you get Sure. Here? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm a creative director at Sprout, and I work on our brand creative team. We are sort of an internal agency for the marketing and sales and culture departments at Sprout. So my team is copywriters and video producers. We call ourselves the story team. We are trying to um, articulate the way Sprout sees our industry changing, how we see best practices for social, tell the stories of our customers, tell the stories of our industry and how it's changing. And we're having a great time doing it. Uh, I came to Sprout after 13 years at ad agencies. So I did, did my time on that side of things and started at sort of the birth of brand marketing and social. And I started as a community manager. I then moved into strategy and finally moved into creative towards the end of my agency career. And I think that's a really interesting path, especially as um, we think about our, our listeners here who are social media professionals, because you really are doing a hybrid role of strategy and creative. And at some point, you may make the decision to either go into a more holistic strategy role, um, which encompasses social media, but also other areas of marketing. Or you may keep it towards the creative side and realize your passion is really in content creation. And that was what happened for me. So that's my story. That's really cool. And I think for a lot of folks who are on the show today who maybe be creatives or maybe lean more on the content creation side of things, in a sense, social media is a new distribution channel. It's not totally new, but it's becoming almost uh, let's go social first over TV or social first over print or social first mm -hmm. over billboard. Um, and so um, it's becoming um, a mass uh, piece of distribution that is important to all uh, people in marketing. Yeah, absolutely agree. And that's why I think it's so interesting to be in that space because you really do have to think about not only what content you're creating, what you're saying, what the visuals are, what the story or message is, but you have to think about how people are receiving it. So are they receiving it on Instagram versus Facebook or are they receiving it in a group setting? Are they What are you asking them to do with it? Do you just want them to watch it? Do you want them to engage, to share, um, to take some action off of social, like to visit your site or to make a purchase? So it's a really interesting and complex space and continues to, um, I think that complexity continues to increase as yeah. the options available to us as marketers increase. So here's, here's my question. I can sometimes go in and, and teach a workshop on like, what is social media or how to use social media? And when I start explaining all the pieces of social media, some people are like, that's not social media. Like if I talk about like a chat feature on your website or your e-newsletter, but I, I think, and I could be wrong, and I, I, I'm open to being wrong, is that any form of media that you can socialize with is a form of social media. Would, would, would you agree, disagree? I would argue that all media is social media because whether or not you're consuming it on social media, you're going to talk about it on social media. Ah, so even this like print magazine with a fuzzy little onesie, mm -hmm. you're saying this, is a, this can be a form of social media because I could, we're talking about it on a podcast, which is online and on YouTube now, which will be 
Yeah, okay. or I go to Twitter and I say, I want to know what everybody thinks about the fuzzy onesie on the, co the cover of Insight this month. Isn't that cool? How do they print that? How can I use this in my own marketing? Um, I think, think about Super Bowl ads, you know? Yeah. They appear on TV and we all go to Twitter to talk about them. Mm -hmm. Or there's an extended experience for viewers on Twitter, or there's some call to action that takes you to social. So all media unfolds on social, whether you see it there or not. But I feel like there's more opportunity for um, criticism and critique. Like, like I saw this amazing post a few days ago by the shoe company uh, locally here in, in Western Canada, where they offered free shoes to, to nurses and, and doctors who are uh, kind of frontline workers during a, during a crisis. Uh, but then in the comments, there was all this critique, like someone actually wrote, like, I am grossly disturbed by this because you did not mention x-ray physicians or x-ray workers or, and, and all these comments about critiques against this post. And the, thankfully, the, the organization responded back and said, we're so sorry, we just did this quickly. We just wanted to get shoes out to these people. Um, but I, when I ended up going through it, about 40% of the comments were criticisms for not mentioning certain types of healthcare workers, and the other wow. sixty percent were positive. And so, uh, what are your thoughts on that? The, just the fact that we we're using a form of media that's open for such kind of angry criticism for something that could also be so positive. I bet you there's like, <laughs> no one could criticize this. This is an amazing idea. Um, I was working on a story uh, yesterday for how brands are, are responding to the current crisis we're in. <laughs> Um, and one of the brands I, I looked at was Slack. And of course, they provide so many resources for working from home. And they've opened up new resources that used to be behind paywalls. And they are trying to enable people to continue to do their job day in and day out remotely. And the amount of criticism to their announcement of these things was insane because people were saying, well, that's great, but you still don't have this feature I've been waiting for for, for a year. So... Um, we're still navigating, I think, how to use social as brands and how to um, be as transparent as people want while also protecting our brands, protecting what we stand for, protecting our values, um, because there will always be a critic. And as, as we know, having the screen between you and the brand means there's a certain level of uh, accountability that's not on the user. It's only on the brand. Yeah. So it's really fascinating, and I, I don't think we figured it out yet. I, I think it sounds like the shoe brand handled it really well by responding immediately yeah. and they acknowledging their mistake um, and reiterating that they were looking at this as a, as a way to positively influence what's going on yeah. in the world right now. So yeah. I can't say they, there's anything they should have done differently. I think they did great. And maybe we should all just expect that we'll get a certain level of criticism to anything that we do and be prepared for it. Yeah, maybe just the, the world in general, especially during a stressful time, is critical and angry and stressed out. And, and you just expect, like, if you went onto the streets and spoke to 100 people, you know, and, and tried to do something, maybe you're going to encounter those people. It just so happens that the internet amplifies it. Social media amplifies our existing conditions. I think that's a great point. I mean, even think about our current living and working situations where we're in our homes with only our families to interact with all day. <laughs> I would, would be willing to bet everybody out there has had some sort of altercation that you wouldn't have under normal circumstances because we're all stressed. So that's a great point. Brands right now are, are in this kind of precarious place of trying to provide value, trying to adjust their products and services to fit uh, a stressful situation and, and still deal with the fact that we all kind of probably on some, some subconscious level are looking for someone to unload on just because we're stressed. 
Yeah, and, and why not let it be shoe company that's offering free shoes to nurses and doctors? Yeah, I mean, there's really well, no risk to me as a user to do that. You know, they're yeah. not, what are they going to tell me? I can't buy their shoes. Like, what's the worst that could come of it? Probably yeah. nothing. Interesting. So that's like the term, like the dog you kick when you come home. That's yep. like, they're using, yeah, interesting. Or, or it's like the pinata. They're the pinata. Yeah, wow. and they, there's no repercussion. Like, there's no action a brand can take against a consumer. They could be to, banned from the page, maybe, or... Maybe, but yeah. but just but it, you know, best practices are not to ban people just for offering criticism of your brand or your product or service. If they're violating some terms of use or attacking another user, then maybe they get banned. But just coming on and saying you guys stink probably won't get you banned. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Slack, which a, a cool story was birthed here in Vancouver, uh, where right. uh, Marketing Jam is based, which is cool. Uh, the creator was also the creator of Flickr. Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of his first uh, iteration. Um, so we have another brand here in Vancouver that also helps manage social media channels. Um, for those that don't know what Sprout Social does, uh, speaking of social media management, what, what does Sprout Social do for those that are kind of new to the name or new to the brand? Sure. Sprout is a social media management platform that allows you to uh, publish, engage, run analytics reports, do social listening for all of your social pro profiles for any sort of business that you run. So rather than logging in natively, you can log into one portal to manage all of your social channels, uh, all of your engagements with your followers and fans, um, publish content, run reports, and then also tap into the deep uh, data that's available in the, the entire social web. So not just the people who are following you, but social listening can sort of act as a focus group and we offer access to all of that data and easily easy ways to digest it. So if I'm working brand side and, I, and I'm listening to the show, why do I want this tool versus just going in natively to each platform? Well, think about how you have to, if you were to even share the same thing across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just for instance, you would have to resize the image to fit each of those platforms. You might use Facebook's on, or you might use hashtags on Instagram, but not use them on Facebook. Um, and you've got different tools available to you on the different channels that are best practices for publishing content there. Um, you'd have to log, log in, spend a lot of time creating that content for each platform, publishing it on that platform, then log back in to engage with anyone who engages with that content, and then run individual reports if you even can do that natively. Whereas in Sprout, you've got one unified inbox. So any comment that comes through to your brand, be it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, you manage it from one place. So you can store replies. Say you want to say the same thing back to everybody who inquires about your opening hours or something like that. You've got saved replies to send to them. Uh, you have an asset library so you can keep all of your approved content. So if you're an agency and you just get a batch of content approved by your clients, you've got it all in one place. You don't have to send through an editorial calendar every month to get content approved. It's all sitting right there for you. But Best of all is how easy it is to pull analytics reports. So mm -hmm. you can pull cross-channel reports across all of your social media profiles. So you're not just having to log into Twitter and manually pull all your engagement numbers mm -hmm. and put them in a spreadsheet. It's just done for you with Sprout. And then you can compare that month over month. You can compare it to other channels. Mm -hmm. You can even compare it to other brands that you're managing. So it's really handy for benchmarking your progress, um, making strategic changes when you see something is or isn't working quickly in the analytics reports and providing anyone who needs to see those numbers with customized, ready-built reports. So clients, your boss, your team at large, really easy to do in Sprout. So here's a question. I um, There's this great tool out there um, for 
uh, Instagram where like we put in a, one of our clients and we put in their five biggest competitors through this tool and not only did it tell us kind of like how many followers they had, but it told us the engagement level, which was amazing. And so the, the funny thing is like social media examiner, I went there and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's a simple tool like this for Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and all four of the tools in this article, and keep in mind this article is like about a year ago, are all no longer exist. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the world changes so fast. And I think the API, uh, you mm -hmm. know, the allowance of Instagram and Facebook to partner with different software changes so much. So yep. um, what, and one, actually one of the software companies still kind of exists, but it's uh, Meltwater took it over. Right. So, okay. um, so my question for you is, is there a tool within Sprout Social that allows you to put in your five competitors, for example, and see the engagement levels, like this cool in Instagram tool I use for free? Yeah, this is actually really exciting. So within our social listening tool, which is an add-on, so it's not available in the standard plan, it is an add-on tool, but it is, I think, and I'm a data nerd, so I yeah. think it's one of the most exciting things that Sprout offers. We just okay. launched listening templates, and one of those is competitive. So, so you, I put in, and is it all channels then? Facebook, Twitter? It is, yeah. Wow, so I could do that today. Yeah, okay. if you had access to our listening tool, if you guys use that, absolutely. So it's just an add-on piece that we can do and... and yeah, you can turn it on easily either by contacting your rep or I think you can yeah. even do it in app. Uh, and then you'll get a template that guides you through how to set up a competitive report. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. So give me some other data points that one can collect like from Sprout. Like what are the things that you could make me look good as a social media marketer, as a social media manager, as a, a marketer in general, and I'm going to report to the shareholders, my boss, the people around me, just to make sure that they understand that I'm not just someone who plays on Facebook all day or Instagram all day, mm -hmm. but I'm making a difference for my brand. Okay, great. Um, here's a really good example, and I'm going to hone in on it listing because I just think it is the coolest thing, and yeah. I used it heavily in my own social media career, and I was very, very excited when Sprout put, especially when we acquired Simply Measured a couple of years ago, and we were able to rebuild all of their tech in our own platform. So that was awesome. And Simply um, Measured, where, where are they based? They, they were based in Seattle, so they now have become our Seattle office. Okay, and they still exist as Simply Measured, correct? No, mm -hmm. actually, everybody there is now a Sprout employee. We okay. still support the Simply Measured platform for legacy customers, but yeah. we no longer sell it. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So one of the things we've been slowly and steadily rebuilding and launched last year was a full listening capability. And so what's really exciting about this is... Brand monitoring, so setting up a keyword and monitoring mentions of your brand is very um, reactive. You wait for somebody to say something so you can collect yeah. that information about you know, the sentiment of, of their comment. But with listening, you're, you're able to form queries and hypotheses and check them out based on social data. So you can find things you didn't even know you were looking for. So a great example is if you had a client who was looking for a retail campaign during the holidays, yeah. you might set up a query in that space. So you might do... Um, Christmas, and then like uh, your keywords be Christmas and gifts and foodies, say, if it's yeah. in the food space. Yeah. And what Sprout would return is a word cloud of the most common terms associated with those three terms. So you wow. might see cheese or yeah. jam or charcuterie. Yeah. And the word cloud then would allow you to dive into any of those individual spaces. So say you're in the cheese space and you're like, oh, yeah. wow, people are talking about buying cheese gifts for Christmas. Mm -hmm. You click on the word cheese in the word cloud and it opens up all of the terms most closely associated with cheese. So you might Amazing. see then 
oh, they're, they're focused on cheddar or they're focused wow. on spreadable cheeses or whatever. And then you can go back to your client and say, we've got a spreadable cheese product. I think this is what is going to be hot this holiday. We should focus all of our campaign content on pushing our spreadable cheese product. Because it just lists like almost like Google Trends, but for social media, mm -hmm. like it puts it's, it puts the finger on the pulse of what people are talking and saying. Yeah, so you'll know it before it even becomes a trend because it's what people are talking about on social. Wow, that is incredible. It's so exciting. I love it. <laughs> tell me about the connection of Sprout, maybe in like kind of the lesser known social channels like Google by Business, Reddit, and Quora. Yeah, absolutely. So we do pull data from Reddit for social listening. So. Yeah. Social listening, we, we offer access to Facebook, but because Facebook's API is pretty limited, um, we don't pull anything in unless you're the owner of a page. So you can pull in data from a page that you own. But we have pretty open access to Twitter. Um, we do pull from the greater web. We do pull from Reddit. Our partnership with Google My Business, we also are um, partners with TripAdvisor. So we're able to allow for reputation management in Sprout. So oftentimes we learned in the last couple of years of our customer research that our social media manager customer is often managing reputation through Google My Business or TripAdvisor and was having to log in separately to yes. another tool or to those two um, tools in order to manage reputation for their clients. So we built them into Sprout. We partnered with both and built them into Sprout. So now you can access all the tools we have through Sprout to manage your conversations with customers, to understand what you've talked about with them in the past, to use saved replies, to use saved links. Uh, you can do all of that in Sprout now, which is pretty exciting for all of your Google My Business or TripAdvisor pages. I love that we didn't mention Yelp though, but shout out to Yelp. <laughs> we still love you. Um, but Google My Business, I personally am a huge fan. I'm a Google local guide. I'm a level seven right now. Kind of mm. level seven, level eight is really hard to achieve. So I'm, I don't know if I'll ever get to level eight, but um, it, it's been pretty, and back in the day I was a Yelp elite. Like I was really into Yelp reviews, et cetera. But it's been really interesting to see Google incentivizing us as Google local guides to do reviews, to do photos, to do comments, to add new places, because it's creating this amazing ecosystem that um, you know helps the business out, it helps us mm -hmm. out, and it allows us to actually like read reviews before we go places. Yep, that's very cool. Yeah. So for you, what's maybe like a trend you're seeing coming down the pipe that you're like, man, I wish every business knew about this. Like you need to keep an eye on this channel. You need to watch out for it because it is doing something cool and most people don't realize it yet. I think uh, social CRM is a big deal right now. So understanding your audience on a more individual level than just demographics. I think we often mm -hmm. think about our social audience as an age range, maybe mm -hmm. a gender, maybe an interest profile. Mm -hmm. um, but as the social web and the web at large becomes more yeah. and more individualized, so I really own my experience yeah. there. I'm expecting oh. that level of personalization from the mm. brands that I engage with too. And really the only way to do that is to maintain access to significant sources of data. So you've got okay. an understanding of what your larger audience wants and needs from your brand, but also what the audiences within that audience want and need from your brand. And you're uh, able to just... create experiences that make sense for them, are relevant to what they're living, to their lived experience, and are uh, complementary to the other brands and services and organizations that are a big part of their lives. So you'd almost say like, uh, in the same way, like in Canada, we have a tool called Cyber Impact, which is like our Canadian MailChimp. So it's mm -hmm. within it, you do subsets of audiences. So, mm -hmm. you know, Cyber Impact's been doing that for a while, but you're saying figure that out within your social media channels or, or get a CRM like HubSpot. 
like HubSpot CRM that allows you to kind of break down who people are? Yeah, and, and also I think use something like social listening. So okay. yeah. set up queries to under, to try to understand what, if your audience is just broadly, let's say, yeah. um, my last big client on the agency side was yeah. a beer, yeah. and we had a similar target audience to most mass-produced beers, which is yeah. males 21 to 34 who are into yeah. lifestyle and like to go yeah. to bars. So that's a pretty mm-hmm. broad range of people. Yeah. And when you start to think about who let that just males 21 to 34 who like to go to bars. Well, mm-hmm. are they going to dive bars? Are they seeing live yeah. music? Are they going to sports bars? Do they go yeah. out in groups? Do they go with one person? Like there are all of these questions to answer about that group. Whereas if I just were to, to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to uh, venture a guess just looking at you that you might fall into that range. And, uh, and I don't know anything else about you, right? Yeah. So I don't know what you like. I don't know what you're talking to your friends about. I don't know what you want to to know from my brand. I don't know what you yeah. would accept as, as like authentic from my brand. Yeah, so yeah. my brand had never talked about sports before. And then I see you and I'm like, Oh, you like sports. I'm going to start talking about sports. Yeah. And chances but then I've got, see but I've got four kids and I really like watercolor drawing at home and reading books. And yeah. So that's <laughs> kind of information that I can get from social that I can't yeah, get totally just could. from, from knowing, you know, what you would put on your, your, your census report. Yeah, that's so fascinating. That's really, that's a really good point. Being sensitive to who's out there. Right. And, and, maybe, and maybe that's the thing, brands learning to become empathetic through data. Yeah, absolutely. I think another great consideration is location and what's going on in a given location at a given time. So, uh, you, you know, you may be targeting um, summer weather stuff that starts quite a bit sooner in the southern part of the U.S. than it would yeah. start in the northern part of the U.S. Yep. So if you're talking about patios in Chicago in March, you're missing me because I'm not going to be on my patio drinking a beer. Yeah. But down in Texas, down in Florida, they're already out swimming in their backyards right now. So yeah. it's really keeping a pulse on when things are happening. And they happen yep. first on social. So social data is probably the first place you will find those emerging trends and be yeah. able to actually tap into them, react to them in real time, which makes my experience so much as a consumer, my experience will be so much more relevant yeah. if you have a pulse on what I'm experiencing at a given time. Well, I remember I interviewed um, Twitter on the show and they actually pushed back and said, we are not a social media channel. We are a news outlet, mm. which I found fascinating because she's like, we break news that's what we do we're the first to do and so I was like yeah but your social media that's kind of what we've all painted you with that big brush so it was an interesting argument back and forth because it does make sense in their mind because they're saying no we want to be that platform that breaks the news because they did they broke a bunch of stories and they're mm-hmm. historic stories and so they're trying to continue to be that platform um and, and anyway yeah, and, I mean, they can it, be both right yeah yeah and I've seen actually sometimes uh, the news breaks on reddit for me or it yeah. breaks Facebook for me, or and it hasn't really broken on Instagram for me yet. Okay. But I'm finding even these days, I'm watching my news on Facebook these days. Those Facebook lives, like I, again, this is my take. I don't love as much watching like someone trying to pitch me something and sell me something on LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live. But when it's a news story, I actually find that engaging and interesting to actually get the news in the moment because I won't, I don't have cable at home and I can't go and turn on the cable. Same. So. Yeah, so I, I I say kudos to the news stations for leveraging Facebook Live in such a great way. Oh yeah, especially in uncertain times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. So uh, what about you, uh, LinkedIn Live and going live as a brand? Is there a time and place for it outside of news outlets? I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm curious if you're seeing some 
positive developments in that range. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially if you have something timely to share or you want to make uh, your social channels maybe an exclusive place to get a piece of information. I love seeing brands make big announcements via live channels, um, bring in special guests, offer access to something else that they know their audience is interested in. So again, going back to knowing your audience, but yeah. partnering with someone they might want to hear from in the context yeah. of your brand. So you've probably seen a lot right now that some, there's a lot of alcohol brands that are sponsoring uh, live events because they're the you know music tours or whatever yeah. they were sponsoring up to this point are not happening anymore. Yeah. So they've pivoted to say, I'm going to offer you this experience that's real time in the moment yeah. I want you to show up at this time if you want to yeah. see it, you'd be the first to see it. Um, and I'm going to put my brand as sort of the the gatekeeper for this experience Which for is you. so smart. Yeah. I've got a friend I, I doing live Harry Potter readings every night at 6 p.m. on Instagram, and it is awesome. And it's his first time ever reading Harry Potter, so it's like... I love that. So yeah, he's experiencing he's a, at the same time? Yeah, and he's a, uh, he's a theater sports actor, uh, you know, improv guy, and... and um, He's got a dog that sits with them, and, and it's actually really well done. And I'm like, this is amazing. And if you were a brand, like this is kind of the things you want to be, if you were kind of like a library or Indigo, like a, a bookstore, Barnes & Noble in the States. That's yeah. a great idea. And I know I know we're, we're keeping this sort of evergreen, but I think some of the things that brands are doing right now are among the most innovative, interesting, and forward-thinking things I've seen in a long time. And that's, a, that's, I guess, a greater note about creativity. It sometimes comes when you have the most restrictions on you, yeah. right? True. Because you have to think, if you're, you have to figure out how to make this little box interesting rather than having this giant canvas, you're going to approach it completely differently. Yeah. Um, and you'll probably, when you're focused in on that little box, you see things you wouldn't see if you were just focused on a whole big thing. Sorry, that's gonna be a weird no, visual. But it's great, I get it, I get it. Um, <laughs> So getting personal here, where, where do you go for inspiration and ideas? Like, do you have podcasts you recommend or books or magazines or e-newsletters that you're like, hey, if you're in the industry, here's a great place to, to go? Oh, interesting. Um, so you mentioned you have kids. I have a child, too. Yeah. And so the podcasts I'm into right now are ones that he can listen to, too. Yes. yes. Uh, NPR's Wow in the World, I think, yes. is so fun. So and good. Yes. I learn something every time I listen to it and yeah. I just, I am constantly amazed at how they take something that could be very not interesting to kids and they make it interesting to kids. Yeah. So you probably hear, heard me say a couple times already that my um, finding a story that's relevant to the audience you're trying to tell it to and telling it in a way that they'll hear it best is uh, the basis of my whole career. And I think a lot of other brand marketers too. So that's a good one. And if I'm keeping with the kid theme, um, Story Pirates okay. is, uh, this is, this is this one. so Story Pirates is a podcast where kids write stories and they're like maybe three sentences long. And it'll be like uh, a guy with a banana for a head was making coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. And the, the cast is a bunch of improv actors and they put together oh, a whole sketch. Awesome based on these goofy stories written by, you know, six or seven year old oh, kids. It's so, so bad, I love improv, so that's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, so they're taking, they're taking something that comes from the, the, the innocent mind of a, yeah. of a kiddo and making an, a story that I, as an adult, find entertaining out of it, which wow. is then, again, like take this thing that is very restrictive, these limitations yeah. of this two or three sentence story and build a half hour podcast around it. It's just the creativity involved is crazy. Amazing. 
So yeah, even if you don't have kids, check out kids podcasts because they okay. really are uh, a great source of inspiration for how to tell a story to a, to a fickle and um, uh, discerning audience. There's a, and I, I think my, my son is 13, introduced me to a YouTuber named Mark, I'm gonna say his name, Mark Rogan, Mark Regan. Yeah, right. He's a scientist, like an old yeah. NASA scientist, but he did one on like washing your hands and he did it. It was the best washing your hands explanation I've ever heard. Oh, I love um, that. I gotta check that out. Yeah, he interviewed Bill Gates in one of his shows. Like it's one of the coolest YouTube channels I've seen where I, again, I learn a ton. It's like watching Storybots on Netflix with my oh, kids, but then I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like sitting there watching, but it's very <laughs> entertaining for my kids. That's another good one. Story about the Storybots one with Snoop Dogg about oh. how the internet works. Yeah, I I was like, I get it now. I mean, how many articles have I read or yeah. documentaries have I watched about yeah. the birth of the internet? I yeah. finally get it. Thank you, Storybots and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then, as a parent personally, like, what? How do you manage your own like social media engagement yourself? Like, do you have Instagram and LinkedIn and all that on your phone? And are oh, you? I sure do. Like, do you set parameters for yourself or how do you how do you manage your engagement as a user? Interesting. Um, I mean, really interesting question that I think I would have answered differently even a year ago. My son is four and a half now. So yeah. he is kind of newly interested in his tablet and yeah. TV and movies and things like that. So and he's also very observant. So he will yeah. recognize if I'm using my phone around him and he'll ask me to stop. Um, so I've seen my social media usage change, you know, from, from go, go from following bands and fashion and I went to journalism school. So, uh, writers and content creators, I love, um, to following parenting websites, other parents. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, I, I use it more as a consumer than I do as a content creator. And that yeah. shift happened over the last 10 years or so, but it's, yeah. it's really, really rare for me to post anything but yeah, I am okay. I'm always taking it in. Okay, very cool. And then and then under the eyes of your, I have a four and a half year old as well. And okay. uh, her name is Evelyn and she's, uh, I have an iPhone as well. So she's really gotten into me emojis. So you can like edit yes. your me emoji. So, those too. Yeah, she's really into it. So it's been like, she'll always want to play me or she'll want to send emojis to people in my life. Like, like, yeah. like, her mom and, and and she's in the other room but she's like she thinks it's so awesome to send emojis same henry yeah. loves that it's all it's always striking to me how intuitive iphone mm -hmm. is because he just picks yeah. it up and knows how to use it oh, yeah. i haven't yeah. taught him anything yeah. it's crazy oh, so really really cool so um on the other side of things when you're working and you're and you're doing what you're doing how um can you put yourself into an enjoyment mode when you also you're analyzing and thinking, hey, I do this professionally? Like, how do you mm -hmm. kind of zone out? Like, do you just, you just kind of take your lens off of analyzing or are you kind of always analyzing what people are putting out on social? I think that's what I love. Okay. I mean, I, finding the best way to tell a story and not just from my gut. I think on the ad side, it was more like whatever the executive creative director thought was a good idea was a good idea. And we would have to go convince a client to do it, whether it was the right idea or not. But with Sprout, especially being B2B, our, we have to pay so much attention to our industry. We have to pay attention to, you know, we, have, we have so many metrics to look at. How many people yeah. open this email versus this other one with the other test subject line? What kind, are they willing to watch a video? Will they attend a webinar? All of these things that are part of our marketing funnel for B2B have opened up my mind completely to the power of data. So yeah. I feel like 
like I, I not, not only would I not do my job as well, but I wouldn't enjoy my job as much if I didn't have that window into what is and isn't working. Because yeah. I would still be in this place of, oh, my gut says this, but I really have no way of knowing. And that might produce you know, more anxiety than I'm willing to deal with at this point in my career. So having that reassurance that um, we're constantly asking for feedback on the content we produce on the creative side from our marketing team, which we share across all creative disciplines. And it allows us to go into the next project that's similar with some degree of confidence because mm -hmm. the last one worked and we learned yeah. from it. Yeah. So on that, do you follow Tim from AREFs? And I his, don't. So he, uh, he has a YouTube channel on software as service, um, like how to market okay. software as service. So they are, uh, a, they're an SEO software. And so, yep. but he always is constantly putting out content about how to market software as service. He's kind of always like exposing what they're doing as part of their content, which I find fascinating. Smart. Yeah. Smart. And because he, in the same way, I'm B2B. And so I find some of them fascinating, even though we don't sell software, it's that he's really open to educating us. Um, but on the B2B side, what are you finding is kind of the biggest kind of result? Like, are you finding, hey, podcasts are working really well or webinars or you're, you know, kind of just getting your name out there, stickers, like giving out, I don't know what, <laughs> or, or, I got one of these, look at this. I have a pencil case from Sprout Social in my hand I here. I love my Sprout pencil case. Yeah. Um, I keep all of my, uh, my cords and stuff for my laptop and my headphones and everything in there. It's great. Yeah. And it's a leaf, right? A logo. Mm -hmm. It's a leaf. Yeah, you help people routing. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, good question. I think it's a combination of everything. At Sprout, we are we are very quantitative in that we understand our funnel pretty. We have a you know a pretty complex tech stack to understand what is and isn't working as people move from unaware of us all the way through to hopefully becoming customers. So we know what triggers to use and when, and we're getting better and better with that knowledge every day as we pull more data and splice it differently. But we're also a brand that has a lot of heart and we've, for our entire existence, been focused on doing things in a value-based way and treating our employees right and also building not only a platform but also a company that's very human-centric. So our brand positioning is elegant solutions to power human connection. We believe social is the greatest platform for human connection that's ever existed. So our marketing, especially on our brand awareness and brand perception side, focuses on that. Like, let's all remember that whether you're talking to a social media handle or, you know, a brand name on Twitter, you're, there's still a person back there. Yeah. And we, we should have certain expectations and certain um, and expectations of ourselves with how we behave in that way. Awesome. So two things. If I am a brand or a, an agency looking to try Sprout for the first time, what can I expect? And if I'm a brand or an agency already using one of the other tools um, and I want to try out Sprout for the first time, what can I expect my experience to be? Like, wh where should I go? What, what do you guys provide for, for trials or first timers? Absolutely. So we're trial based, which means you have a 30 day trial. To get into Sprout, attach all of your social profiles and start managing across all of the functionality of our platform, which is really great. We also offer 24-5 customer support. So anytime you need to talk to a real person, you can. Yeah. Our, uh, our customer support is award-winning. I think that's really important for people as they're trying to learn a new tool. Yeah. And you're trying to say, well, I've got 30 days to figure out whether or not this works for me. You'd never have to wait to get answers you need about how Sprout works or how it can be optimized for you. So it's one of the coolest things about Sprout. And I think a big differentiator for us is, is that our customer support is so responsive and so helpful. Um, 
we also offer a ton of resources. So even if you're not, if you do the trial or you're not even ready to start the trial, even being um, part of our email community, you get access to webinars, you get access to proprietary guides that we publish. Every year we publish something called the Sprout Social Index, where we actually survey mm. a thousand consumers and a thousand marketers to understand where the intersection is between what marketers are thinking and what consumers are expecting of brands. And um, we do that for free. It's available to anyone who wants it. You get to download it. Um, it's it's trend-setting data, I think, that mm -hmm. can help um, help you understand where to go with your brand strategically, how to rethink your social priorities, um, how to build a better brand for the pe what people actually want. So that's yeah. really cool. Um, we make all of that available for free to anyone who wants it because we want to make our industry better right along with, with our customers. It's our whole industry. So sort of a rising tide lifts all boats idea. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Liz, it's really been a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, uh, again, I personally and, you know, professionally been a fan of Sprout Social for a very long time. We are, Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, we, we love using the tool here at Jelly. Um, you know, there's a lot of great tools out there, I'm sure, but um, we just decided from our analysis and usage-wise, you guys were the best. Awesome. Uh, but again, you need to try it for yourself. Everyone needs mm -hmm. to, you know, Try it uh, 30 days, I guess. You can do it for free, which is oh, very yeah. nice. One thing I want to add that's great about our trial is yeah. you don't need to use a credit card. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, but listening tool, not free yet on the trial, but it's something that you can upgrade later when you get mm -hmm. going on it, which sounds like it's the, a great tool to add on. Yeah, absolutely. If you are looking to be more proactive with your social strategy, understand your audience better, test and learn, see what your competitors are doing. Uh, listening is a really great opportunity to do that. And once you're a Sprout customer, your sales rep can work with you or your customer success manager can work with you to uh, make sure you're getting the most out of listening and that it's the right solution. Cool. Uh, and lastly, if you have something, your favorite thing about Canada or have you, your, any, any visits to Canada recently? <laughs> I was in Toronto last year. We did a Sprout Sessions Live in Toronto and it was my second time to the city, first time as sort of a fully functioning adult because I went yes. last in college. And I was amazed by how clean it was and how easy to get around it was and how nice everyone was. So oh. I can't wait to get back to Canada. My, my sister lives in Seattle, so not too far oh. from you. And we're planning, we were planning for this summer, a trip to Vancouver with our families. So hopefully we still get to do that. That would be awesome. Yeah, we're big. Uh, yeah, Seattle's so close to us. Like we um, will go down, uh, Bing will sometimes host things down at the Microsoft headquarters, which is in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Um, and Amazon um, also has uh, their store there, which is kind of cool that you can walk in and just take things off the shelves and walk out. Um, I can't remember what they oh, call cool. that store. The, the prime, prime to go, I think. We have one of yeah. those down. Yeah. It's really no, cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. It, it was a real pleasure. Um, thank you for sharing so many insights, um, truth bombs, nuggets, quotes, <laughs> inspiration, and ideas. And I think a lot of people will get a lot from this. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on Marketing Jam. Uh, this was Liz from Spouse Social. And we'll see you next time on The Jam. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.